Okay, we had just learned of the two different levels of Akara. Right? There's the level of Akara, Lysia Meshakela Akara, the one who doesn't give birth. The Akara, the barren woman. So what's the barren woman in, in Ruchnia? Someone who doesn't give birth. Birth to what? Love and fear. Why might not one give birth to love and fear? So the Rebbe said there are two different levels of Akara. There's a woman who lacks certain physical apparatus to give birth. And then there's another woman who everything's fine, but for whatever reason, she doesn't conceive. So the first level is, well, in, in Ruchni is what? That someone doesn't have a base vlad. What's the base vlad? He's spilus sichlis. Intellectual excitement. Without that intellectual excitement, without getting excited about ideas, about a Kaddish Borokos, then obviously no emotional connection will, will, will accrue. The person is not excited. And we talked at length about the Indian of Midas, the Meichin and Meichin the Midas, right? The connection between intellect and emotions. The second, and, and why is it that the person doesn't have his Pilosiklis? They're Klimale. What are they clear of? What are they full of? Their own Ritzelis, their own desires, their own agenda. And the Rebbe said something quite astounding about that relative to even the Ritzelis of the Nefesh Elokis. Even a person's agenda in Ruchnius can keep them from loving God because it's their agenda, not God's agenda. Okay, that was one level of Akata. The second level of Akata was Timtumalev. That was called, the first level was called Timtumameya. This is called Timtumalev, where Adarabha, there is this Pilusiklis. The person is actually excited about ideas, but for whatever reason can't bring those ideas down into a state where they affect his emotional reality. So he still doesn't connect. Emotion is connected. He still doesn't feel connected. And that also, the rabbi says, is me the, the function of the rutz, the retainers. And the last thing we learned was that at the beginning of the year, in order for there to be a leida, in order for there to be a, a, a birth, so there has to be a planting of a seed. What's the planting of the seed? Or is tzadik? The planting of the seed is... The hazoza atzmis, the Rebbe said, the, the, the essential shaking up that every single one of us experiences, at least Kaddish Baruch who shakes us up, whether or not we're open to it or not, hopefully we are, you have to be pretty close not to be open to it, on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that at the beginning of the year, the Ebrister, so to speak, plants the seed of love and fear, and our job is to nurture that seed and ultimately bring about love and fear in a revealed way. He's Galus Alev, and that's the second last line on page 330. <coughs> right? Okay. Um, nam, however. <coughs> Gam, now there. So that's all a kara. Now the Rebbe's going to Mishakela. Right? Mishakela is even if I've brought about a revelation of love and fear, it, it, I have to make sure that it doesn't disappear. Right? And the Rebbe explains that's the next step, how, my, how that might happen. Even after the giving birth of the Midas of love and fear in a revealed way in their heart, in his heart, which is Hashlila, that's the negation, the Akara of the notion of being an Akara. In other words, he's not an Akara. Still, he has to make sure he's not a Mishakela. Tzarech Lies says, Zahiris, he has to also have the care. L- 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 here means to warn, right? So he has to take care 
Shiyelem Kiyum, that they'll last, which is a Shlila de Mishakela. That's the negation of the notion of a Mishakela, someone who mourns the passing of a child. Shadafka az that specifically then Haveda Yamitis his Aveda is true, Kameshakosov, as it says, the Pasak in Mishle, which is quoted in Tanya, Svasem is Tikain Laad. The the lips of truth are forever. Meaning truth is everlasting. Falsehood changes. This flavor, that flavor, truth. Truth lasts. So a true love will last. So, how do we deal with that? The Rebbe explains. Ach, oid achas. There's one other idea or notion. Tzalek loshis eitzes benash nafsha. He has to take counsel with his soul. Shegam kasher oivid avedasa kedeboy. Even when a person now the Rebbe is going to describe someone who uh, maybe you've met someone like this. I don't know. They're few and far between. There's a person who does his Aveda as it should be, Kadaboy. Hain, both, both regarding comprehension in his intellect, in his brain, in his intellect. Vahain, and also regarding the emotions of his heart. Shahimbi's Galus Liba, that they are revealed. And they're not vain fancies, I meaning it's not some bizarre, well, bizarre uh, unreal uh, feeling of love that he, so to speak, thinks that, he's, that he is experiencing something real, but it's not real. Ella what, rather? True love and fear of God. And these are felt. He senses these. Come. Also, when he performs Tarim Mitzvahs. Shenesef al Kiyam Tarim Mitzvahs, then in addition to the performance of Tarim Mitzvahs, Foyal Mamish in actuality, in action. Yoideyahu Kavanis Mitzvahs. He knows all of the intentions of the Mitzvahs. Mine's a serious guy. Yadeya Gamam Shokhais, not only that, he knows all of the different levels of godly reality that are drawn down, Shanasis that are brought about, these drawing drawings down of godliness, Al Yadei Kiyama Mitzvahs, through the performance of mitzvahs. And he understands the difference in each mitzvah. Shal Yadei Avedis Atstoka through Tstoka, which of course is Chesed, Ham Shokhi Bekava Chesed, Val Yadei Avedis Agvura, restraint, Mishpat Biyakev. Yeah, he draws down Gvura, Nase Sam Shokabakava Gvura, Vayade Limudatara, which is Tiferes, Shukavim Soi, that's the middle kav, the middle line, that's Tiferes, Nase Sam Shokabakavim Soi, draws down that level of Elokus. That's a serious guy, no? You ever met anyone like that? Does everything, true Ava, true Yira, knows all the Kavanas of the mitzvahs, knows what levels of godliness he's drawing down every mitzvah he does. I don't know. How many guys are there like that? Who is this person? <laughs> Right. Every yeshiva needs one, huh? One right. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe. I don't, if, you, if you read this, the Mendel, it said, okay, say it. Nagid Mendel. Pretty serious. Now, you just know the, the Rebbe is waiting to say that even this guy. Vaad to such an extent, Shavei Dosei Hiba Eifin Amarumas 
that his Aveda is in the way that is hinted at B'diuk, Loshen Akosov, through a careful reading of the Pasuk, V'avadetem es that you've served Havaya Elokechem. And what does that mean? What's the diuk, the careful reading of the language of this Pasuk? Havaya and Elokechem. Sheshem Havaya, that the name Havaya, what does that represent? So we talked about that earlier. Haya the level of a Kaddish Baruch that is beyond time. Because the, 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 the word indicates both past, present, and future as one. Ulamaila Yesun, even higher than that, Bekinas Havaya Shalamaila Mishtaushlis, the level of Shemavaya that's not, so to speak, the map of Ishtaushlis and the source of Ishtaushlis, but that which is completely beyond Ishtaushlis, that's called Havaya de la Eila. Upper level of Havaya, completely transcendent. Because Shemavaya can be, I mean, Shemavaya is generally understood simply as the source of the Ur, of the light of Seder Ishtaushlis. Shem Elohim is the source of the Kalim, limitation. Shem Avaya is the source of the Ur, an infinite expression. But the Ur that's Dafka clothed in the Kalim and expresses itself in different ways in Seder Ishtashlis. That's why Yud, it's the ten spheres, Yud is Chochmah, K is Bino, Vav is Zoh, the six, the six Midas, and K, the, the, the second K is Malchus, the ten spheres, which are Shaykh to Seder Ishtashlis. Or Yud is Atzilus, K is Bria, Vav is, is, is Yetzirah, and K is Mal, is, 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 is Masiya. Right? So there's definitely a level of Shem Avaya that, that's relevant to, to Seder Ishtaushlis. Then there's a level of Shem Avaya that's called Avaya de la Eila, completely beyond Seder Ishtaushlis. Okay. So even that level that's beyond Ishtaushlis. Nase, that level of transcendent godliness, infinite expression, Nase Elokechem. That Hashem is Elokechem. What is Elokechem? Kechechem v'chayuschem. Your power, your vitality, meaning you've drawn that down so that it's part of your, part of your, 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 your experience as an existent being. So, Nechi Availokecho, right? In Matan Torah, what does the Kodesh Baruch say? Nechi Availokecho. What's a Nechi? Atzmos. We learned it in this mimer, right? A Nechi, I, first person, Atzmos. Havaya, infinite light. Elokecho, Kalim, Atzmus, or Kli. That's all there is, right? There's no other state of reality. There isn't anything that doesn't fit in one of those three places, so to speak. Right? Okay. So, Avaya Elokechem is that Avaya becomes Elokechem. That was, that's what the, 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 the Hayyim Yems, if a says you made tshuva, right, where it tells the story of the Magad teaching, the shaft out of Elokecho, you have to do tshuva until Havaya becomes Elokecho. And he explained this basic idea that we just read now. The transcendent godly reality becomes your conscious reality. Right? So if Zusha heard that, I mean, you probably remember, right, because you said this for a few days. If Zusha hears that and, and, and he faints, and, uh, you know, Rav Zusha evidently used to faint a lot when the, the Magad taught. But, but Rav Zusha said, I can't reach such a level. I just can't. That's beyond me. For me, Tshuva is five different levels of Aveda. And then was it, it the tough Shin, Vav, Beis, Hei? One of those five levels, Tamim, Tiyem, Evalokecho, that you should be Ernst. You should be a, 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 an honest, straight person with the Abishtim, meaning your Aveda should be honest and real. Right? 
That's the tough. Shin shavisa Shem Lenegdi Tomid, that you put a Shem in front of you, that you experience a Shem in front of you at all times. The Baal Shem Tov explains Shavisi Miloshin Shaveh, that the Kaddish Baruch was equal in front of me at all times, and you constantly see a locus in everything that happens to you. Those things that you might see as more favorable or less favorable. The Vav is Vyavta Larecha Kamecha, Avas Yisrael. The base is Bechol Drachadehu, and all your ways know him. Right? Meaning, even in your in your ways, even in the mundane <coughs> aspects of your life, you're still connected to a Kaddish Baruch. And the hey is hatsnei leches ima ima shem that you should walk humbly with a Kaddish Baruch in a modest way. Right. So Zusha said that's tshuva. That acronym. That's the acronym tshuva. And then the, the in hayem yem. So the Rebbe explains each of those levels each day. Right. I mean, you probably remember. Ask Gabi if you don't remember. Gabi. Right, saying a yemim every day is good. I mean, if you're the one who says it in, in, in Zal, you remember it better. So it's based on the same idea. The Magid's, the Magid's idea that Rav Zusha said was beyond him is based on the same idea. So this person, a pretty serious person, right? The Rebbe just explained some, uh, just described someone that I, I, you know, if we've ever met anyone like that other than a, than a Rebbe, so, you know, was a it was a very unique experience. Hine gam Now you're waiting for this part, right? Hine gam also Even someone's on this level, this person that the rabbi just described, Sarek Lizari has to be very careful. And now the rabbi talks about something, some other aspect of the notion of rotsay. But there shouldn't be svius rotsen. Svius rotsen is satisfaction. Now, what does satisfaction mean? It doesn't mean simcha. Most people think of satisfaction as, as, a, as a nice feeling. No. What does satisfaction really mean? If you're satisfied, what does that mean? Comfortable. Okay. What's the root of the word? What's another word that's it's the same root and is, is very similar? Satiated. What does that mean? Full. Full, which means? Right. I've, I've, had, I've had enough. It's fine. Where it is is good. Satisfied means I'm satisfied with what I have. So in Gashmias, that's exactly where you should be. Right? In Gashmias, a person should be satisfied with what they have. Right? right? Who's, the, who's, the, who's the one who's rich? The one who's satisfied with his lot. You can have a lot of money. If you're not satisfied with it, you're not rich. You think you're poor. Someone else has more. It bothers you. Okay? That's in Gashmis. In Ruchnius, a person should never be satisfied with what they've got and should always strive for, for, for more elokus. Oh, so what's the way to, be, to, to take care so that you won't lose the, 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 the state of Avanira to stay away from satisfaction? Right? Again, satisfaction, not simcha. It's mamish besimcha, this person. That's part of his afraidness, to be besimcha. Yiv does Hashem besimcha. If you're not besimcha, you don't love God, because one of the things God wants is that you should be besimcha, and if you love God, you do what He wants. And certainly a person like this is besimcha, because simcha comes from a certain appreciation and sensitivity to godliness in everything that happens to us, so that this person is certainly holding there. Shalot Svius Rotzeg. I was going to talk about this. It's, it's pashit unbelievable. This. And, what the, and this, the Rebbe's been Rebbe for, I mean, you know, there, there's two... 
On the deepest level, obviously, the Rebbe became Rebbe on Yud Shvat Tavshin Yud. Previous Rebbe passed away, so the Rebbe became Rebbe. But, you know, officially, so to speak, the Rebbe didn't become Rebbe until the next year. That whole year, the Rebbe was doing things that Rebbeim do, etc., but he wouldn't take upon himself to be officially the Rebbe until Yud Aleph Shvat Tavshin Yud Aleph. Right. So we're celebrating 70 years this year, it's Shivim Shana, but it's Shivim Shana from Yud Shvat Tavshin Yud. It's the 70th year of the Rebbe being Rebbe f- from when the Rebbe actually officially took upon. It's not 70 years, it's the 70th year, right? Meaning it's 69 years and we're beginning the 70th of, of the Rebbe taking upon it himself the, 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 the official title, so to speak. Right? But, but for, you know, so obviously the Rebbe's Rebbe from the time the previous Rebbe passed away. So for that reason, people are celebrating 70 years now. So the Rebbe's been officially Rebbe for one year when he said this moment. And the Rebbe is a young man. Right? The Rebbe turned 50 this year. Tavshin Yud Beis. 50 is young. I know it sounds old to you, but it's 50 is not old. Right? The Rebbe is a young Rebbe. Right? I mean, you've seen the pictures of the Rebbe in the first years? Right? No gray beard. Doesn't look like a venerable old Rebbe. It's a young man. Okay. 50-year-olds. There's 50-year-olds. I mean, you know. Okay, so. Uh, you know. The only 50-year-old I ever lived with was myself. And, uh, actually, I, mean, I lived with another 50-year-olds back then. But, so when I was 50, so I had two six-year-olds. That, that, right? you know, I was a father of two six-year-olds. So six is pretty young, right? That's kids. That's, little, that's like my little kids. Okay. So a 50-year-old is, is still perfectly reasonable to be a father of uh, little kids. Right? That means you have the energy to run around after little kids. I do not have the energy to run around after little kids anymore. I couldn't do that now. I mean, I watch my kids do it, and I'm just exhausted after a Shabbos watching them chase their kids around our house. Right? My wife and I always wonder, how did, did we do that? You hear them get up in the middle of the night, and there's a baby crying, and they go downstairs, and they come back up, and you know, you're lying in bed, and you know, you're going to fall back to sleep, not to worry about The energy to do that is just beyond belief. So 50, 50 is really, it's not old, right? Okay, so the Rebbe is 50 years old. Right? Remember, in Milano, so in the old, in the old place where the, where the Sem used to be, and since moved to a barbershop, and all the building, nice, beautiful buildings, they used to be in the back of... of of Rabbi Gorelick Shul, the Shul on Cellini. Everything in Italy just sounds cool and it's amazing. It's just a, it's such an interesting place. So, um, on Cellini, Cellini Street, Via Cellini. So, um, uh, the, 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 in the back of the Shul, there were two big rooms. One room was where they, where they uh, ate in Fabreng, and the room behind that was their classroom. So they would eat in a room, and I, I was always in the front room because I used to go there to for break. So uh, there were two pictures in the room. It was, it was a long room, you know, like maybe about this size, right? And, and, and there was a picture at that end and a picture at this end. Two pictures of the Rebbe. At that end, it's a young Rebbe. First years, black beard. And this is, at this end, was a picture of the Rebbe that, you know, you would recognize much more as the Rebbe, right? Older, gray beard white beard. So I asked Mrs. Gorelick, was the, she opened the sandwich, she, she and her husband were sent on the, on, on Shlichus by the Rebbe in Tav, Tav Shin Yud Test, 1959, early Shlichus, sent to Europe, sent to Milan, 1959. Right, so 
you know, she she remembers. I mean, she left. She remembers a young Rebbe. I mean, that, you know, obviously she kept, you know, she went back, but she remembers a young Rebbe. And uh, so there, there was a young Rebbe and an older Rebbe. So I asked her, what's shot in the pictures? So she said, well, I have a disagreement with my daughter. My daughter helped her in the sample. We have a disagreement. So I said, what's your disagreement? Well, I say the next time we see the Rebbe is going to look like that. And she points to a young Rebbe because that's what she, you know, that, when she was growing up, that's what the Rebbe looked like, young. I said, the next time we see the Rebbe, I think he looks like that. And my daughter says, no, no, the next time we see the Rebbe, he looks like that. So we have a disagreement, so we decide we better put up both pictures, so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll both be covered. Next time we see the Rebbe, what's it going to look like? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the cloud. What do people look like? Here's a mason. Everybody's going to come back. What are they going to look like? They were 95 and very old when they passed away, bent over, you know, they lost, they had shrunk two inches. Right, so they, they, and they and they like you know walked all bent over and slowly with a cane. So that's how they come back. Well, that doesn't make sense, right? We're gonna walk around like that forever. So I mean, exactly what do they look like? I don't know. No one knows. I mean, we don't know. Did you come back 40, 20, 60? There are most say somebody like twenty-five. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen such a thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not. I just, I don't know. I mean, what, so, okay, so that, that I have no issue with, the issue, meaning that makes perfect sense to me. I, I don't have a problem with the 25-year-old coming back like a 25-year-old. That really doesn't, that makes perfect sense. What about the 95-year-old? That's the one I don't understand. People who live to a ripe old age and died old, like really old, they come back old? Well, that doesn't make sense. Or they come back looking old, but they have the energy of a 25-year-old. Okay, that makes more sense. Right? I can't imagine they have the energy of a 95-year-old, because that's not, there's no energy. That doesn't make sense, right? Aging is a disease, according to, um, so all diseases are removed from the world. So I guess all the, okay. you know, byproducts of aging also. My, my, my mother is two inches shorter than she used to be. She's 96. She should live forever, right? So she's two inches shorter, right? She's like, she's, you know, now she's a short lady. She wasn't a short lady for a lady. She was, you know, probably five five, right? Something like that. But she shrunk, right? <laughs> she shrunk. Okay. Who knows? So anyway, that was their discussion. Okay, so what did the Rebbe say? No satisfaction. Right? Why? Because if a person's satisfied, again, satisfied does not mean simcha. Right? Satisfied means I've had enough. It's okay. It's enough. It's good enough. No. What did Chazal say? A person has a hundred, he wants two hundred. What's the real question in life? What's your hundred? What's the hundred that you have? Whatever it is that you have that you really, that's what you have, so you want more of that. Okay, what is it? For most people, it's money, physical possessions. 
They have 100, they want 200. Right? What if it's Ruchnius? Well, if your man is Ruchnius, a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch, then what do you want? More? <laughs> More of a relationship with God. That's, that's, so to speak, human nature. Chazal say, Hayesh le'mana, roitza masayim. Someone who has 100 wants 200. That's just the way it is. Okay, but the, the question is, what's my mana? What is it that I have that I hold dearest? Sha'az, if that's the case, Nishar Lamid al Amday, then he remains standing on his place. He doesn't move. And he doesn't continue to grow, literally to go, to, to, to grow in his Aveda. He stands up, like he's, he's sort of standing in one place. And he doesn't go further. Right. Key, in addition to the fact that this feeling of satisfaction can cause that the love and the fear that have already been born they won't last also, even if he does do his service with love and fear, his Aveda will be limited. Measured and limited. Limdod means to measure. Amida. How you measure something. Bamida with the measure, Hanidreshes, that's necessary. Meaning, if it's all about a certain satisfaction, so then. His Aveda will be that necessary to bring about this state of satisfaction and no more. Aye, but he could, I mean, he's still alive, right? So he could do more. This is good. I made it to where I want to make it. He retires. Hey, he's still serious. He still does Aveda, but, but it's, it's, uh, it's limited. Valzen Nemar, and relative to this, he says, Leisa Meshekele Vakarabatsech. Shouldn't be a mishakele v'akara ba'atzecho. Ba'atzecho daiko. Specifically what? Ba'atzecho. In your land. That's what the Pasuk says. There shouldn't be an akara and a mishakele. What's the land? Just say, loisi a mishakele v'akara. Don't be this. What's ba'atzecho? In your land. Why in your land? Anywhere. Oh, what's what's aretz? Aretz is miloshin ratzoin. Right? That's what the Rebbe is about to explain, but it's all over. See this. Sha'aretz miloshin ratzoin. Same letters, Reish Tzadi. Hainu, Shalei Yurga Shetzle, it shouldn't be felt by him. Afilu Sviyas Ratzin Bilvadmi Avedase. Even satisfaction alone from his Aveda. Meaning that his, what did we say before? We said that his Ratzainis, his own agenda, that was the reason he didn't come to a state of love and fear because his Aveda was limited by his own agenda. So it was about him, it wasn't about the Abishta. Okay, that was the, that was the previous page, why he might be in a state of timtum or timtum So now they're saying, oh, he's transcended that. But there's another level of rutzain, svius rutzain, satisfaction that'll, that's still necessary to, to, to deal with, because that might keep him l- limited in his Aveda, so I, either the Avanira will, will, will be limited, or they'll disappear, because he's not working at it. Obviously, 
the Rebbe says, that it's not that he's going to be feeling his own Ritzonis, previous page. He's transcended that. Sha'az, if that's the case, like we talked about in the t- page before, who clean molish in a so then he's a full vessel that doesn't hold anything. He's not, he's not a receptacle. And that's the first level of a car that we talked about at the top of the previous page. Certainly that's, that's a disaster. But even Svius Ratzon, satisfaction. <coughs> now there's so many stories about the Rebbe, you know, the people telling the Rebbe certain things and the Rebbe says, you know, you expect me to be satisfied with that? You expect me to... <laughs> story after story. The first video that when Jim... When Jim started coming out with videos, right? They, you know, collected a bunch of stuff and they started doing these, you know, nice professionally done videos. So the first one they came out was came out with. I mean, they showed it at the Kinos years and years and years ago. The it was so long ago that the Kinos was still in 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 uh, in Ole Tara. I mean, there was still a you know, there used to be the banquet was in Ole Tara. It was in Grand Heights, across the street from Seven Seventy. Because how many Shluchim were there? 1,500, 1,500, right? So we fit in there. Right? So until the mid-noons, right? And then, then the first time they moved, so they moved to a bigger hall in downtown Brooklyn, just, you know, by the bridge. Until finally now they're in these huge, enormous convention center hangars where, you know, they can fit five, 6,000 people at a sit-down dinner in Jersey or wherever they do but it's always like an hour bus ride from Crown Heights now. But in the old days, the the the, the, the banquet Sunday night at the Kinas was in seven, it was in across the street from seven seventy. How many shluchim were? It was that long ago that I that I remember. So the, the they showed a video. It was the first. It was called Challenge. That was the first video, and it was a video of the Rebbe challenging people to go beyond what they were doing, not to be satisfied with what they were doing. Hey, just clip after clip after clip. It's still out there. Very powerful. Gordon, I don't remember Gordon's last name. Gordon, no remember. He was a very interesting guy. Very interesting guy. There's a couple of very powerful clips of him going by the Rebbe. Uh, so there's a clip where he goes by. It, it was uh, it was probably Machni Israel because he's going by with a bunch of people. It wasn't all. It was Machni Israel twice a year. The Rebbe used to used to meet. Um, there was a, a fund called Machni Yisrael that, that was, you know, used to raise money to help Shluchim and, and just, you know, Lubavitch needs money. So um, to join, to be part of the Machni Yisrael fund, you had to give $250,000, $50,000 a year for five years. And then you were, in the, you were part of the Machni Yisrael fund. And what was the little, how did the Rebbe help them raise this money? The Rebbe used to speak to those people twice a year. They could come, and the Rebbe, they, would, they would have an audience. They would, you know, be 30, 40, 50 of them who would come, and the Rebbe would, would speak to them, and then they could go by the Rebbe with their wives, with their kids, etc., for, uh, for and, and talk to the Rebbe for a couple of minutes. Right? And uh, so sometimes you see husbands and wives walking by the Rebbe together. So that's not dollars, because dollars, there was a men's line and a women's line. That'll be Machni Yisrael. So, uh, so he goes by in Machni Yisrael with a... With a uh, with a contingent from the Federation in New York. Now that's a pretty serious Federation you know, in New York, right? A lot of Jews there raise a lot of money, do a lot of stuff. So, um, so he went by and he mentioned to the Rebbe that they had just given $250,000 to a Lubavitcher school in the New York area. So the Rebbe looks at him. The batting of the Rebbe says, 
Do you expect me to be satisfied with $250,000? So he bursts out laughing and says, no, no, of course not, Rebbe, we'll try to do more next year. <laughs> it's just like he bursts out laughing, he says, no, of course not. <laughs> I mean, the Rebbe's going to be satisfied. Oh, amazing, incredible, you know, pat you on the back. Anybody, anybody, especially anybody who was connected to the Rebbe, people who had no connection whatsoever, so now and then you see them get a pat on the back. Any Lubavitcher Shalia got a pat on the back from the Rebbe. Okay, good. What are you doing tomorrow? When Rabbi Kunin opened the first Chabad house in L.A., meaning there were, obviously there were Lubavitch Mezdes in America, but the first Chabad house, the Rebbe talked about Chabad house in, in the early Lamets. The idea of a Chabad house is the Rebbe's idea, right, that there should be a Jewish place that a person could come into even if they don't want to pray. So the Rebbe said, because what are they? shuls. So if you don't want to daven, why would you walk into a shul? Right? I, so there should be Jewish places that people can walk into. They don't want to daven. And not Jewish community centers, which is a pool and a, and a gym. I mean, that's, you know, where most of the members aren't Jews. That wasn't the idea. They want something Jewish. Right? So what's that? The Rebbe came up with the idea, but base Chabad is the Rebbe's idea. We take it for granted that, you know, we're Bate Chabad since Avram Avinu. No, it's the Lamas. The Rebbe talked about it in the Sikha and said there should be such a thing, and we'll call it a base Chabad. Right? And so this Rabbi Kunin opened up the first official base Chabad in Los Angeles. Where so, what? Where is it? Well, now it's at 741 Gailey Avenue. I don't know if the, it started there. It might have started there. It was on New York, on, on the, you know, in the area of UCLA campus. Right? Um, he, they tried very hard. It was 741. So he lobbied for years with the L.A. city government to change the address to 770 Gailey. It was, the, it was the 700 block, so it's not so, but they wouldn't do it. It was the wrong side of the street. They wouldn't do it. They never did it. Still 741 Gailey Avenue. G-A-Y-L-E-Y. It's, it's there. It looks like 770. You know, he built the 770 in the front. No, no, all the way west. West, 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 west. The other side of the highway. The other side of the Santa Monica Freeway. Like, all the way west. UCLA. So, um, you can you drive down Pico, but you just keep your way far away. Yes, the school. The school. Yeah, that's the school. So this is all the way down. You really go, you'll probably go up to Wilshire Boulevard. That's easier. You go to Wilshire and then drive west. You could do it. Just keep going and going. What? Just just keep going. Right? Wilshire, and you go just past. You go underneath the highway. Right. 405, not the Santa Monica, the 405. And then a couple of blocks later, you take a right turn and you're in the UCLA, you know, you're, in, you're on campus, you know, with the sort of stores that happen on campus that don't happen anywhere else in the city. You know, they have that look and all that stuff. So uh, that's where it is. And, and uh, so Rabbi Kunin, after you open the Chabad house, he came, he, this is the, the first Chabad house in the world. Right? So he came to the Rebbe and wanted to give the Rebbe the key to the Chabad house. Right? He's open one. How many are? How can he? How, you know, the Rebbe just said, "Open a Chabad house." So he opened a Chabad house. Came to the Rebbe and had Yechidus and gave the Rebbe the key to the Chabad house. And he said, "Does the Shlissel from Chabad house? This is the key from Chabad house." And the Rebbe said, "Vosu Chabad house. Which Chabad house? Which means what? What does which one mean? There's more. There's more. <laughs> what do you mean? There's only one." So he turned around, walked out of Yechidus, flew back to El and opened another one. <laughs> of 
quite, oh, great, I spoke in the Sicha and I said the Chabad house and right away you opened one, you're the greatest, I'll give you a medal, I'll put a plaque. Which one? Welcome to the Lubavitcher Rebbe's world. I told you guys right that Rabbi Groner told me a story on your Kislev about the Rav who said that he was happy that the Rebbe doesn't live in Detroit. Right, because if the Rebbe lived in Detroit, cars in America wouldn't have reverse. There's <laughs> no reverse, just Kadima, Vaita, Lechatchila Hariba. After Gimel Tammuz, Rabbi Kunin came back to LA, went to New York, obviously, then came back to LA, sitting in his office with his son, crying. Looked up at his son and said, The Rebbe doesn't want us to cry. Come with me. They got in the car. They drove out to Malibu, which was on the ocean. Rabbi Kunin gave his son a $20 bill. Said, this is the first donation for the new Chabad house, Chabad of Malibu. This Shabbos, there will be a minion here. They brought 10 bachrim from the yeshiva, found a place. I, I know they rented a place and they found a hotel or whatever. I mean, they you know temporarily they just found a place. And they brought ten bachrim. Levi stayed there. Levi, you know, and he stayed there. It was who, who was? And opened up Chabad of Malibu. Where's the one? Chabad of Malibu. Opened up Chabad of Malibu. Right? And there's been a Shabbos minion there ever since. It's a thriving place. I mean, Malibu is a very rich neighborhood. So so you know once he got settled there, it was very easy and be beautiful Chabad house and all sorts of. Right, so so, but that—that's how Chabad of Malibu started. They were sitting in the office <coughs> right after Gimel Thomas, and Rabbi Kunin said, the "Rabbi doesn't want us to sit here and cry. Come with me." They got in the car, drove to Malibu, gave him twenty bucks, and said, "That's the first donation to your new Chabad house. There'll be a minion here this Shabbos." Now, I said it was L.A. It wasn't Montana, so you could get ten Jews pretty easily. They found ten Bachrim from the yeshiva and sent them to Malibu for Shabbos. And said, "You guys are starting the Chabad house," and they made a minion, and they've had a minion ever since. And it's a booming place. That's how the Chabad house started. Right? So that—that's what the record wants. That's how it works. I guess we'll—we'll uh, we'll be allowed to have a little Sviyas Rotzen. When Mashiach comes, I guess we'll be allowed to go. Yay, we did it. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. You know, People always say, I remember Fabrengen once, we were talking about what it's going to be, that first Fabrengen of the Rebbe, what's it going to be like? 9.30 at night, the Rebbe's Fabrengen, <coughs> first night of Yemes Mashiach. And uh, so, you know, on one hand, you figure, well, I mean, Lubavitchers, we should be sitting in the front row, right? No chance. What are we going to be doing? All the Lubavitchers. It's going to be tens of thousands of Yidin, hundreds of thousands of Yidin. And what are we going to be doing? We're going to be setting up chairs for the people in the back rows. We're going to be schlepping chairs because people are going to keep coming. We'll be putting more chairs, more chairs, more chairs, more chairs. We won't even hear the Febrein. We'll be so busy setting up chairs for everybody. Uh, there'll be like one, you know, the Rosh Hashiva in the front row with his Hamburg sitting there. Listening, he's in the front row. Everybody else is going to be in the back doing all the work. This is enough people. Umamshik, okay, so we can't have Sviyas Ratzin. We can't have Ratzin, our own Ratzinus, and we can't have Sviyas Ratzin. Okay, so now the Rebbe's going to say, so how do you do that? We know, we know what we, we have to reach a state of Avon We know what it is that'll stop that state of Avon 
It's called our own Ritzenus, our own agenda in Aveda. That was yesterday. Today, even if a person has reached the state of Avinira, that they have to be careful to maintain it without experiencing any Svias Ruts and any satisfaction, which means, okay, Ad Kan until here and no more. Well, that, that's, not, that's not real in Aveda. Okay. Umamshik, therefore, the Pasuk continues. Umamshik Bekosuf, Leishim Shekele Vakara, Ba'art Secha, Art Secha Miloshin Ratsoin, Es Mispar Yamecha Amole, the number of your days I will fill. That part of the Pasuk is the eights, is the advice how not to have Svias Ratsoin. Shazuya Eitza Yautza, this is the advice given, Yautza, meaning, you know, same word. Kedei, in order, lethal, to bring about in oneself, benafsha in his soul, hergish shall herder sviya A feeling of lacking satisfaction. Again, said it four times already, it doesn't matter. Satisfaction is not simcha. Of course a person should be besimcha. He's not satisfied. He's not satisfied that his aveda is sufficient, it's enough, and I don't have to do more. That state he'll never reach, hopefully. Because that state means that he's, 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 he's now set a ceiling for himself and it's over. If the Abisha gives him another day of life, he's got more to do. Someone sent me an interesting story yesterday. 75-year-old man had some pro- medical problem, went to the hospital, and they gave him chamsan, you know, oxygen. They put oxygen, they, they hooked him up to some oxygen, and he was on oxygen for a couple of days, you know, like, for, to help him, right? And, and then he was fine. And so the doctor came in, and he, there was a bill. And the bill, I mean, it said here $5,000. I don't know, it sounds like a lot of money for, you know, a couple of, <coughs> who knows, maybe that's what it is in American hospitals, I don't know. So he got a bill from the hospital. But anyway, you know, it was a, whatever. It was a significant amount of money. So he started to cry. So the doctor said, why are you crying? He said, look at the bill. So he said, you know, $5,000, whatever it was. The doctor said, what, you can't afford the $5,000? We can work it out. We'll figure it out. So he said, no, I can afford the $5,000. He says, well, why are you crying? He said, for 75 years, I breathed God's oxygen for free, and I never appreciated it enough. Now I breathe your oxygen for a few days, and you charge me $5,000. God's been giving it to me for free for, 70, for 75 years, and I was just crying in appreciation that he's given it to me for free for so long. <laughs> That's what the guy said. Evidently, the doctor was quite taken by it. Vayinyan bazeh. What does it mean, Sviya's Ratzah? Shikashimini, don't take for granted. Don't be satisfied with the air that God gave us. He keeps giving us air. Air to breathe. Vayinyan bazeh. Shikashera adam mizbeine. When a person contemplates, shenitne leyomim k'tsuve, that he's been given a certain amount of days, a finite amount of days. Ksuvim, meaning, you know, a set amount. Yomim <coughs> yutsu. Days are created. Leipaches v'leyeser. Not less and not more. Page 332. 
And the, the Rebbe, this, you know, it's pretty astounding what the Rebbe says here. We'll see the real punchline Sunday morning. I don't think we'll get that far. Not less and not more. Bechol Yerim, every day, Bechol Shah, every moment, every hour, Bechol Reg, every moment. Tzarich Lavid Avedase. He has to do his Aveda. Lemale Shlichuse Baal Madein in order to fulfill his Shlichus in Eilamazim. This is the contemplation, this is the meditation a person should have. And that's what, what's that? As Mispa Yamech Amale. The number of your days I will fill. This is how to avoid satisfaction. He's so involved in his Aveda, in his Shlichus, in Elamazim. He has no free time, Klal, at all, to think about in Yonim Shomadregis, matters of levels that he's reached. Because after all, why am I satisfied? Theoretically, well, because I've reached a state that's a very good state to have reached. I'm satisfied having reached that state because I, I you know, that's what I thought. I, that's where I thought I wanted to go, and I made it. Well, okay, that means I'm thinking about where I'm holding. Well, the Rebbe says, what's the way to avoid that? Well, if a person thinks about the fact that they're sent down to Elamazad for shlichus, and they spend every moment that they can involved in that shlichus, so they don't have a lot of time to think about where they're holding. They're busy doing what has to be done. Now the Rebbe says pshat in a, in a very, very famous statement of Rabbi Yechon ben Zakkai based on this. <coughs> Excuse me. Valderich, or Aldavar, Maimer, Rabbi Yechon ben Zakkai, the, the, the Gemara, the Gemara in Brochus, or Rabbi Yechon ben Zakkai is quoted, he's on, he's on his deathbed. His <coughs> life is ending. What does he say? Ainiyer deya beza derech melichin, I see. I don't know which, in which way they're taking me. Now, simple shot is, you know, Gan Eden or Gehenna. Well, hold on. This is Rabbi Yochanan He's the leader of the generation. He's the tzaddik of the generation. What's the Hava mean? He doesn't know where he's going. Of course, he's going to Gan Eden. The way they've got, a, they've got a, 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 an executive suite in Gan Eden. What do they call those in the hotels? You know, the, the fanciest room in every hotel, right? The presidential suite. That's what's waiting for Rabbi Yochanan in Gan Eden. Got a room with a view. So, what's he saying? I don't know where they're taking me. Does Avimin he's going to get him? False modesty is a bad idea. <coughs> this this year's Maimer, one of the things the Rebbe talks about in Tavshin Chaf. There's two Maimer in Tavshin Chaf, Tavshin Mem, as we've mentioned. So in Tavshin Chaf, the Rebbe talks about the 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 very very negative aspect of false modesty. False modesty it causes a person not to do what they should do in Elam Hazar because they don't think they can. Do it. Get it together. Get to do it. no. Who am I to do this? Who are you to do this? Just do it. If it if it if the Al Sashkocha Pratis it shows up your way, so I guess you're the one who has to do it. Like seeing a drowning person, a person's drowning in the ocean in front of you, and say, well, who am I to jump in the water and save them? What are you, crazy? <laughs> jump in the water and save them, for goodness sake. Go do it. <laughs> Amongst the explanations for this. Now, that's a very interesting way of saying it. Look down in footnote 72. 
see other biurim, and then there's a bunch of bunch of maimarim that explain this maimar chazal. But when the Rebbe says amongst the biurim in this, mean this is one of the biurim, but you won't find it anywhere else. This is the home address of this biur. Right? Because if it was, if the Rebbe is quoting someone, he would quote them. So the, the Tzemach Sedek says like this, no, amongst the biurim. And then the footnote says, there's other ones, but this one you won't find anywhere else. Umir biurim bezeh. Shemitzad geidel tirdose, through his great involvement, tirda, like to be, you know, actively involved in something. Bothered, but not bothered in a negative way. You know, bothered by it because you're just constantly doing it. <coughs> in the fulfillment of his shlichus. He didn't have free time. Lasim lev. To pay attention to. To pay attention to. Where he's holding his level in Aveda. Keep reading one more. We'll go to the next period, three lines down. We'll talk about it because it's a very difficult idea. Vahainu, shutarud v'shakua kolkach. He's so tarud again, involved, shakua, sunk into so much kolkach. Yiddish, and this Yiddish is better than the than the lashon Yiddish, right? It's so, but it is azoy. He is azoy is like so much, few, fully. For yoked, involved, for einigt, united with, for trunken, sunk into, b'milu ishlichusay, the fulfillment of ishlichus, b'chol yoyim, every day, b'chol shah, every hour, b'chol rege, every moment, she'enu yadeya, man asayim sichloi bidesav. He doesn't know what's happened to his seichel, to his midas. I mean, where is he holding in terms of his intellectual understanding? Where is he holding in terms of those levels of love and fear? Balachas kama v'kama, all the more so benegeil amadregas and neelamashibanavsha, all the more so relative to hidden levels of his soul. Meaning, what exactly have I accomplished? I don't know. Why? 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 He's so busy doing what has to be done. He doesn't have time to think about that. Where am I? Who am I? What have I done? Who can do that? People with a lot of spare time. <laughs> People busy don't have time. So now this is a very interesting thing the Rebbe says because this this forces us to, to hold on a second. There's this thing called the Nefesh, isn't there? What isn't there that this idea of sort of you know thinking about where you're holding in Yiddishkeit and improving etc. Cheshbon Nefesh, isn't there such a thing? Right? Elul isn't Elul a month of Cheshbon Nefesh? The last twelve days of Elul aren't they? Uh, uh, um, uh, 12 days that we relate to the 12 months of the year and make a cheshbon nefesh. So what, there's no such thing? It sounds like. Right? So busy, never made a cheshbon nefesh? So, the, 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 you know, the, that we're challenged to understand what a cheshbon nefesh is, when it's something to do, and what it's about. One thing we know that a cheshbon nefesh is not about based on this, and the Rebbe talks about this later on. I mean, we learned, we learned, we learned the Margalafuma the Rav. What's the nefesh? What's the cheshbon nefesh not about? Breaking your heart relative to what happened before. That's not the cheshbon nefesh. If you're making a cheshbon nefesh, what's the cheshbon nefesh? <coughs> what can I do better in the future? A shaliach sits down. There's three shluchim who work in a particular area in town. So they each have their own area, but every now and then they sit down and they have a meeting. What do they talk about? 
they sit and they rent their garments over the mistakes they made over the last year, mapitam. Right? What do they talk about? How they can do what they do better. So that's part of their shlichus. But what aren't they talking about? How I can be a better shaliach? No, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about how our shlichus can be more successful. That's what they're talking about. They're not talking about themselves. They're talking about their shlichus. And even that's only when they have time. When's that meeting definitely not taking place? The week before Rosh Hashanah. When the rest of the Jewish world is busy, introspection, Elul. Yeah, that's what the Shluchim are doing, Elul. They're having meetings, worrying about Hanukkah. What are they doing the last seven days of Elul? No, they're not. That's what a Shalich does, the last seven days of Elul. No, he's not such a low life. What's he doing? Right. He's, re- he's rented a hotel for the 250, 300 people that are going to show up in Rosh Hashanah. So what does he spend his day doing? He just got a call from the guy who was supposed to bring the chairs. I have a problem, I can't bring the chairs. Okay, so we better find a new guy. All right, so he's, he's, he now spends, this is, this is five days before Rosh Hashanah. What's he doing? He's worrying about chairs. And he just found out that another 30 people just signed up, so he needs three more tables. So he calls up the table guy and says, look, I need more tables. The hotel only supplies X amount of tables and I need another three tables. Can you bring tables? Yeah, so that means three more tablecloths. Okay, he talks to the hotel, yeah, that they've got, no problem. Okay, we're gonna need another two waiters. Is that okay? Yeah, okay, okay, we'll figure that out. Then he gets a phone call two days before, Rabbi, Mendy, Rabbi, Mendy, what's up? Rabbi, I don't know what happened. But I don't think I can come and daven Musaf in your Chabad house. My voice just disappeared. Mindy, you've come for the last three years. I'm counting on you. You're the Bal Musaf. I can't do everything. And I have to take care of the people. I need someone to daven from the Umbud. I, I mean, I, what am I supposed to do? Rabbi, I'm sorry. I mean, listen to me. I can't daven like this. Okay. Mindy, God bless you. Are you coming out anyway to help? Yeah, I'll come and help. I love you guys. I can't daven. Okay, Mendy, come. Your ticket's paid for anyway. Come, and you'll help us out. You're probably going to serve food, Mendy. I don't care, Rabbi. I'll do anything. Okay, good. Now what? Hangs up the phone. Maybe he swears. I don't know. And then he goes, I have to find a Balmusaf three days before Rosh Hashanah. Right? Where do you find the Balmusaf three days before Rosh Hashanah? Everybody's booked, right? Everybody's got, I mean, all the Bukhri have already figured out where they're going. Any serious chazan, well, he's known where he's going for three months, right? Guys who are paid, you know, five, ten thousand dollars for Yomim Narayim, they're gone. Right? That's their parnasa for a, you know, a few months, right? Okay, so uh, find the Bal Tfilah. Okay? So yeah, so now he's going to sit down and close the door and think about what he was doing in Kislev last year. Yeah, he's got time to do that, doesn't he? He's got a real life. He's got a whole town that's their Rosh Hashanah. It depends on him. What, what's he doing? He's taking care of their Rosh Hashanah. That's his shlich. It has nothing to do with him. Where he's holding and how he's... And, he, and as he hangs up the phone to Mendy, so he sits and thinks, gee, did I do that phone call well? Gee... Maybe I did. Oh, you know, I really handled that well. And then he sits and calls his wife and says, Oh, you should be so proud of me. I just had a phone call and it was a terrible phone call. And I didn't get upset and I'm okay and I'm so good and oh, it's wonderful and all the work I've been doing, I'm not getting upset, it's working. Yeah, that's what he's talking about right now? Himself? Where he's holding? That's what he's talking about. Right. 
His wife says, what are you talking, what are you nuts? What happened to you? What happened? What was the phone call? Mendy just called, he's not davening. What? Mendy's not davening? So who's davening? I don't know. Well, no. Find about tefillah. So he starts making frantic phone calls all over, calls up every yeshiva he knows. Have you got any bacher there who knows how to daven who for whatever strange reason isn't taken by someone yet? <laughs> and all he finds is bal tefillah. What's he going to do? And if he doesn't find the bal tefillah, guess what? He doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> ah, he's doing chakras. He's blowing shayfer. Now he's doing musaf. And... He's Mr. Friendly, hello, how are you? So good to see you. You know, try to remember everybody's name. He's trying to pull that off also somehow, right? While he's doing all this, right? Why? This is what God wants. What do you, what do you want from me? This is, this is who I am. This is what it's about. This is my, this is my shlichus. That's shlichus. That's the way it is. That's life. So now really that's life for everybody. There's shluchim with a capital shin. Okay, beseder. So they're busy doing shlichus with a capital shin and they get to go to the kinas once a year and feel excited about being a shaluch. It is, it's exciting. <coughs> but everybody, every single Jew is a shaluch of the Abed, just sent Elamaza with a job. So what's the Rebbe saying? This is the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He's not pulling any punches. He doesn't, he's, his, his job is not to make us feel good and fuzzy and warm. His job is to get us to do what it is we're supposed to do in Elamaza so we'll end up bringing Mashiach. Right? And what's the last thing we should be doing, evidently? Not because it's not an important thing to do, it's just we don't have time for it. Cheshben Nefesh. And if there is a Cheshben Nefesh, after Rosh Hashanah Kippur, if they have a little bit of time before Sukkot, or maybe after Sukkot, so the Shluchim in the area will sit down, probably may have a little meeting and say, okay, no, uh, what are they talking about? If they talk about what they did, they're only talking about it in, in, in light of what they will do. Not who am I and what did I accomplish and where's my level. And That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about things that will make their shlichus more successful. That's all they're talking about. They'll say, look, I did such and such and it didn't work. It's not about I did such and such and it didn't work, therefore I have to do tshuva. That's not, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about, uh, you know, in our Chabad house, we did such and such, and it really didn't work, so, uh, you know, I wouldn't suggest doing that next year. Okay. That's what they're talking about. Why? Because it's real. What are you going to do? Are you going to pre- pretend you don't have any responsibility? You're responsible for the, the Yiddishkeit of a whole neighborhood, a whole town, a whole county, a whole state. Who knows? Depends where you are. A whole country. Well, there's people, <laughs> Yiddishkeit in the whole country is theirs. Right? Okay. So what are they doing? They're working very, very hard. Right? What are they not doing? Thinking about where they're holding. Right? They just don't have time. Too busy doing important things for like what God wants. Right? Okay, that's where the Rebbe's taken us so far, but it's going to get this Sunday morning, the Rebbe will take your kishkas out. <laughs> Make sure you bring the duct tape. Bring the duct tape, yeah. Bring up, bring some, 